Not today, Bubba. Go get him, Bubba. Love you. Not today, Bubba. Just Gordy, Gordy, can I bother you for a second? Well, folks, before I break into an obnoxiously loud all right, folks, to get this show started, let me just go ahead and remind you that the Brilliantly Dumb Show is brought to you by Postmates. From an early morning breakfast burrito to a bottle of wine after work, sometimes you just need what you need delivered fast. That's where Postmates come in. Now, promo code BROBIBLE. That's BROBIBLE. B-R-O-B-I-B-L-E. No space. BROBIBLE. Gets you $100 of free delivery credit for your first seven days. That's promo code Bro Bible for $100 of free delivery credit with no minimum purchase for your first seven days postmate that. Hi, folks! Coming to you live. You know the dance. If you don't, you sure as hell should by now, so shame on you. Here on the Brilliantly Dumb Show, we do this Tuesday after Friday. Tuesday after Friday, Tuesday after Friday. You may be wondering who that is behind the glass. I will let you know that is Gracie Ibrahim behind the glass on the ones and twos. I'm Big Game Bob coming to you on your local airwaves. However you're listening, why ever you're listening, we're just happy you are listening. Now, folks, here's how this is going to go. Because of the success we had from last Friday's podcast, might have been that last Tuesday's, uh, we're all quarantined up, I'm losing it, I don't know my right from my left anymore, but because of the success from the best of the Brilliant Dumb Show Part 1, we are now going to do Part 2, so we took me and Grace, figured out together what we thought our best clips were for the 50th Milestone episode, this is now episode 52, and what we decided to do, my dad came and he said, Robbie, you got to do a part two. There were so many more bits that got left out. Please do a part two. Now, my dad has a huge part to this podcast. So I said, all right, dad, this is going to be, we're going to give you the green light on this episode. This is your episode. I want you to construct the best bits that you could have. He said, easy, easy. He said, you give me a couple days, it's a wrap. So my mom called me, and she let me know that everywhere in the house, she hears my voice, because my dad is running through every single podcast. She hears me in the garage. She hears me in the bathroom, in the master bedroom, on the patio, and that's just the way my dad is. He's one of the biggest friends of the pod that we have a matter of fact, a lot of people ask me, you know, where do I get some of these bits from? A lot of the stuff that's, you know, happened to me, this Larry David type stuff, I take from stuff that's happened in my real life. But this show, when we created the show, the Brilliantly Dumb Show, so much of it stemmed from my dad, from the person that he is. People back home literally call him Larry David because he is... From a personality standpoint, he is Larry David. And everyone always would say to me, Robbie, you got to watch Curb Your Enthusiasm, which is Larry David's show. You got to watch it. It's your dad. When I finally watched it, it was scary. I mean, I, I, I grew up with this, so I had all the material that you could possibly imagine. So what me and my dad do every day when the podcast gets released, he's three hours ahead in Florida, I wake up about 7 in the morning, and he gives me a 1 to 10 with decimal points review of the podcast. 
and I really take it to heart because every time he's liked the podcast, the reviews have been great. When he doesn't like one or he thinks I can improve on something, the reviews haven't been so good. And I love it. And I look forward to every morning so much getting his review because I know from the start of my day, based on his review, how that podcast is going to perform. So we decided to dedicate an episode to my dad, The Brilliantly Dumb Show, Best of Part 2. These are all bits taken by my dad of his favorites that didn't make the cut for The Best of Part 1. Dad, take it away. Here we go. We're going to run you through our sports bit, just like we do normally on the show. So this is my dad's favorite sport bit, and then he's going to take you through a couple comedy bits closed by his favorite Ask Bob segment. So, Dad, this one's dedicated to you, the biggest friend of the pod we'll ever have, Showtime. While we're on the topic of the English language, I want to talk about a guy who, who has perfected it, and then some. Watching the Yankees the other day, Yankees-Orioles, Whenever, especially baseball games more so than others, whenever it's a blowout and it's not that entertaining anymore, your eyes really start to wander. Hold on, folks. We got a fucking fire truck coming right behind me. Not great for the podcast here, but hope everybody's okay here in Los Angeles, California. Back to where I was. So your eyes kind of start to wander throughout the game. And you start to think about pretty ridiculous shit. And I noticed, now the Yankees have a translator in their dugout. A little Asian fellow, okay? His name is Shing Ho Hori. Did not know that, had to look it up. Not that big of a Yankee fan to know the translator's name. But uh, Shing Ho is the Yankees clubhouse translator. But it's not just for one language. So I think he's Asian, and he follows Masahiro Tanaka around. And, you know, he does his post-game conferences with him. He translates from player to player. But I have news for you. Shing Ho doesn't stop there. Because next thing you know, Luis Severino, Dominican fella, was being interviewed. And guess who was right there beside him? Shing Hoi Hori. Shing Hoi knows... Spanish, English, Japanese. I mean, he's, he, he translates for everybody. So this guy's just bouncing player to player, translating. He's a huge part to the team. I mean, you could talk about a guy having an impact without stepping on the field. Uh, I think we're talking about Shing Ho Hori. So he translates for the Latin players, the Japanese players. I think they may have a Brazilian player speaks Portuguese. He does that too. Shing Ho, Shing Ho. This guy does it all. Holy shit! Now it made me wonder though. Gary Sanchez, he doesn't really speak English yet. So if Gary wants to talk to Masahiro, and at the same time, let's say Miguel Andujar wants to talk to Aaron Judge. What if Shingho is already there with Gary? You know, and and he's relaying that conversation. In that sense, does Aaron Judge get upset that Shingho is spending more time with Gary Sanchez and not him for Aaron Judge's conversations? Do you know what I mean? Like, if that makes any sense, like, if I want to talk to Gleyber Torres, 
Do I have to wait to get a hold of Xinghui? Sorry, I keep it. It's Xingho. Xingho Hori. Do I have to wait till Xingho is available? And then with that being said, do you think one of them has had to talk with him? Like, look, Xingho, you've really been leaving me to dry here. I've been trying to talk with Gary Sanchez behind the plate all day, but you're just hugging Masahiro. You got to be more fair with me, okay? Like, poor Xingho has to do it all. So if there's any beef in the clubhouse, that beef cannot be resolved. If you don't speak English and you got a beef with somebody, that beef ain't getting resolved till Xingho is available. And that could be concerning come postseason time. A little more downtime in the regular season. Postseason, things come at you fast. Lord, I hope Xingho is ready. Hats off to the guy. He speaks like eight different languages. It's pretty, it really is. It's pretty impressive. People are just evolving today, you know? Now, the Yankees don't have to pay for five different translators. They could, guy, they could have guys come from Scotland, Egypt, Saudi Arabia, Spain, Brazil, Kentucky. Don't matter. Shingho's got you covered. <laughs> this guy's unbelievable. Keeping the Yankees afloat, one translation at a time. All right, folks, between Nate Diaz and Shingho, I think that does it here for our sports segment. Grace, moving on. Grace, I want to talk homeless people for a sec. I think half the audience right now is like, oh, fuck, where's he going with this one? But seriously, I've been wanting to discuss this for some time now, and the other night it solidified it. Beverly Hills homeless people, it's like a different echelon of homelessness. Like, not to be a prick, but in all honesty, it really is. I went to Mastro's the other day. It's a steakhouse. They're a chain. It's right on Rodeo Drive. Had a homeless guy right outside of Mastro's. Okay, so I had a little doggy bag. I couldn't finish my filet. Mind you, Rodeo Drive, that, that's pretty good territory. That's pretty good real estate right there. There's a homeless guy just sitting out there. He had a name tag on, I shit you not. It says, hello, my name is Frank. It looked like he had been wearing it for like 18 years. It was kind of like deteriorating. Poor guy was just sitting there on a blanket. So I come out and I was like, shit, like, you know, I really wanted to do the filet for lunch tomorrow. Um, but, you know, I think I'm going to pay it forward here with Frank. I'm with my cousin. I said, hey, I'm going to give Frank my filet. He said, you're going to give your filet to Frank? So yeah, why not? So I go and I go to give it to him. Not a word. Not a word. Okay. He opens up the box, looks at it and goes, huh, medium rare, huh? And I look at my cousin, I'm like, it's actually, it is medium rare. A little bit of char on the outside of it, but Frank just about fucking nailed it. He, it's, a, it's a medium rare steak. And he's surveying this thing. So, I, again, mind you, I haven't gotten my thank you yet. Lord knows I'm not going to get the reach from Frank, but I'm not expecting the reach. Just a thank you. And he's looking at the steak. He looks up to me. He pauses and he goes, you didn't get any sides? No, no, Frank, I didn't get any fucking sides. How dare I, huh? Excuse me. Yeah, let me, let me head back in. I'll have him fire up a side order of cream spinach for you there, Frankie boy. 
you prick. You didn't get any sides. Yeah, I did have sides. I ate them, you jackass. It's $14 for a thing of grilled corn. You want to go spend that, Frank? I was, I've never been so pissed off at a homeless person. I mean, how, how high maintenance could you be, Frank? It makes me think, in, in, the, in the homeless community, do they talk to each other about the locations that they're in? It's like, oh shit, you're homeless too? What, uh, what area are you in? I'm actually, I got good real estate. I'm on Rodeo Drive there. I got a fucking tent set up on Rodeo Drive. Oh shit, no way. Great location. You're right by the, uh, the Costco that does the free samples. Yeah, I'll be there for breakfast tomorrow. They're doing mini breakfast burritos. I just take 10 laps and eat burritos for two hours. I smell like a fucking scrambled egg all day. But the nerve on this son of a bitch. Mind you, I got to watch him eat tomorrow's lunch. I just stood there and watched him. I was flabbergasted at that comment. To start off, just, oh, medium rare, huh? It's like, oh, shit, yeah, he, he nailed it. That's medium rare. But you didn't get any sides. Yeah, yeah, one order of cream spinach for Frank here, please. He's a he's a little displeased here. Frank ain't too happy with this presentation here. Can can we throw some uh, some corn in that doggy bag, would you? And mind you, he had a fucking tent set up on Rodeo Drive. It actually looked pretty comfortable. I I mean I've never seen anything like it to where like if I had to spend the night in that tent. Honestly, it, it, it wouldn't be the worst thing. Prime location. He's right outside of a Whole Foods. He's got Mastro's right there. Fucking guy's not even asking for quarters. He's asking for $5 bills. Now, if I go down Pico Boulevard, one of the homeless guys there, and I give him a filet, he may not know if it's medium rare or not, but he's going to appreciate that filet. Yeah, Frank's actually organic. Now, he, Frank, Frank just went vegan. Like you don't you don't have that you shouldn't have that option. <laughs> Son of a bitch. Anywho, moving on. Grace, I go through like these spurts where I have a good meal at a place that I just tried, and if I like it, rather than stopping in there once every couple weeks, once every two weeks, I'll just I'll go in fourteen days straight and eat the same meal every single day. It's just like a spurt. And it just it's nonstop. And I've done that lately with, with Jersey Mike's, the sub shop. They're obviously based out of Jersey. I, I never really went to a Jersey Mike's till I was in LA. But there's a guy who works at my hotel. He works in the jewelry store at the hotel. And when he's not working there, he has a second job. He's a manager at a Jersey Mike's. So when he's not slicing and dicing the twenty-four carat ring for your fiance to be he is slicing your pastrami at Jersey Mike's. So he told me, he's like, Rob, you got to stop by the Jersey Mike's. Come by, I'll take care of you. And gave me like five coupons for a free sub. And you would, you know, you would think you would still have to pay for, you know, the extras like avocado and all, but no. Just a coupon for free. Whatever sub, whatever you want to put on it, just go. So I, with five days straight, I was eating Jersey Mike's. I love it. It's so friggin' good. So I, I just found out I was walking out of my gym 
a couple weeks ago and they're opening the Jersey Mike's right next to the gym. So there's nothing that I would like to do more than to hit a good 45-hour workout and then just go crush a pastrami sandwich at Jersey Mike's. So I see that they're opening one and they're still, they're like, they're building it. Like they're in the step one process. So I went to peek my head in and just see what they were up to, what type of progress they were making. And there didn't seem to be anybody running this project, the construction part of it. It was just like four guys just hammering away at the walls. One of them, I, I, I literally, I would just walked right in. The doors were open. Guy pops us up. He goes, hey, boss, should we start the kitchen tile yet? Or should we wait till the grill's installed to, to start that? And at first I was like, what the fuck? Like, what's he talking to me? And I, I just went with it. I was like, yeah, you know what? Just go ahead and wait till that grill's installed. We should be getting it some point this week, Hector. But thank you for asking. And I just like, I just rolled with it. And I, I wanted to... I want the project to finish so bad because I want to start crushing these subs before I get tired of Jersey Mike's. So every day I, after the gym, I stop in and I check on their progress. But yet again, there seems to be no head honcho in charge of this all. It's the same four guys every single time. There's no project manager on this. So there's every day I come in, so I, I get the feeling now that they think the project manager is me or that I have some substantial part in, in this Jersey Mike's renovation. So I, I just go in and I stop in every day to kind of get this thing to, to push and move, move a little bit faster. You know, I want it to be ready. So sometimes I go in and I'll just take like some plywood and just kind of throw it in there. It's like, how we doing here, boys? Oh, we're doing good, Papa. We're doing good. You know, and I, I'm chatting with them all to the point now where I feel like I'm going to be cutting the ribbon on the opening day at this Jersey Mike's. They have no idea that I have nothing to do with this project. They haven't picked up on the fact that I'm in gym clothes every single time I come by. It's hilarious. So the other day, this guy comes to me and I got their names, all four of them. Hector comes up to me, he's like, Papa, look, I, I just, I don't think we're going to make the deadline of October. I, I don't know what to do. I said, Hector, we're going to make this deadline. Look, look, if we need to enforce, if we got to get a couple extra guys, a couple extra set of hands here, I don't mind paying the extra labor, but we are getting this Jersey Mike's up and running before October. It's like, all right, Papa. I said, look, I'll, I'll look into the labor side of things. You let me worry about that. You guys just keep hammering away at the meat slicer there and the, the deli display, okay? How far, how far along are we on that? Okay, I want to have this cash register set up by Friday, so we really got to get this thing installed here, Hector. Okay, Papa. Okay, Papa, we'll keep on moving. All right, take care, Hector. I'll see you same time tomorrow morning. It, no, nobody's running this thing. So now it's almost up and running, but they think they got an October deadline right now. And poor Hector doesn't know that these extra set of hands, these extra bodies, are never coming. They're nowhere to be found. I'm obsessed with Jersey Mike. So what I want to do is I want to get like a picture with the four of them, you know, to kind of show the progress that we've made. I, I feel a part of this whole thing. And one day, the boss or the project manager is going to come in and say, who the fuck is this guy? And why is the cashier register already set up? 
guy's going to owe me a big thank you and probably give Hector a little bit of a raise because he never got that extra help that was supposed to be on the way. I stop in there every single day. I'm going to take a picture of the Jersey Mike's. On the Instagram, I'll start keeping you guys updated on on the progress we're doing. Notice I say the word were. I'm involved. I'm in it 100%. Me, Hector, and the other three, we're having a ball. So come stop by Jersey Mike's off La Cienega. Expected to be open mid to early October there. Anywho. I tell you, Grace, this this boggles my mind. I'm in Starbucks the other day. Which is just slowly turning into an absolute zoo every time you go in. I mean, some of the requests that people are going up to that poor cashier and giving now, it's bonkers. It's out of control. Yeah, let me get an iced caramel Hubba Bubba Max spicy black cherry latte with two pumps of pumpkin spice. First off, ma'am, you can't pump pumpkin spice. And in case you weren't aware, pumpkins are not in season at the moment. Please step aside, or if you want to order, order a fucking latte and keep it at that. I mean, it's ridiculous, but they do it. They do it. The cashier, the barista, they never say no. I always wanted to just walk up there and just act like I'm in a bar. So, yeah, let me get a uh, Moscow mule. I'm sure that barista is going to hand me a tin cup with a friggin' Moscow mule. Three of those, and I'm toast. They never say no. But I'm in the line the other day, and the manager of the Starbucks, I'm like four deep into the line. The manager, while the barista's midway through making like six drinks, because, you know, it's always busy. It's never slow at a Starbucks. It's always moving. So Cheryl, who was Chuck the barista's backup barista, she was supposed to fill the 10 a.m. slot now informs him that Cheryl's no longer coming. So Chuck is fucking pissed. And to be quite frank with you, I don't blame Chuck. Because these baristas, you talk about a tough gig. It's nonstop, just moving. To me, it's like Chipotle times 10. Because you also have these ridiculous requests that come in. I, I, I mean, I, I saw the lady the other day. Yes, sir. Can I get a? Can I get my latte with two pumps of classic? But on the second pump, can you direct that pump towards the side of the cup so it slowly makes its way down the cup for the duration of my coffee? So that if I start if I start drinking this coffee at ten a.m., by the time ten twenty a.m. hits, that pump of classic is still making its way slowly down the cup of coffee. So Chuck is fucking livid because now he knows he has one hell of a day in for him. But at the same time, what really blows me away is they then have somebody de- designated just to pastries. So that's all that person is doing. You got the cashier, you got the pastries, and then you got the Chuck and the should-be Cheryl, the two baristas cranking out all the drinks. It's got to be a different hourly pay because the pastry guy has it easy. That's a fucking cakewalk. You know, you just kind of pop it in that conventional microwave oven, that power microwave thing they got. It's like a little fucking time machine that just blasts the shit out of your egg muffin. So at the time that the manager lets Chuck know that Cheryl calls off, 
I'm thinking that Pastry Patrick now is going to have to step up to the plate and work both sides of the spectrum. So now Patrick is going to have to kind of do half pastry duty, half barista duty. It's got to be, right? Patrick's got to step up to the plate. Or else you're looking at some long-ass waits for lattes. Patrick never did it. Patrick stayed in front of the power microwave. So he stays designated to this thing. I think it's fucking ridiculous. If they're, if they're getting the same pay, that is ludicrous. It's like the punter getting the same pay as the quarterback. You can't have it. It just doesn't make any sense. He just stands in front of the microwave all day. That's what I do to my hot pockets. I just watch the clock tick down. But then as soon as they... Mind you, these microwaves don't fit a hundred different muffins. It fits two blueberry muffins. And they sit in front of this thing like they're stressed out. And then by the time it's ready, they put it in the two different bags. And they act like they're exhausted when they're calling the name out. Just so that the barista doesn't get upset that they're not doing any work. It's like, yeah, I got a, uh, I got a chocolate muffin for, for Zachary, and then, and then I got a toasted bagel, for, for Lewis, toasted bagel for Lewis. It's like, no, the person that's really exhausted is really Chuck. Chuck's getting thrown through the ringer here. And then the customers always got their own, they got their own cup that they want you to put it in. That always bothers me. They bring their own recyclable cup. I think that's fucking obnoxious. I really do. It's like your first day playing for the New York Yankees. You show up to the locker room. You tell the equipment boy, no, I don't need a jersey. I got my own. I actually bought one as a fan at the stadium when I was 12. I prefer to just use that. It fits me better. It's like going to the steakhouse and bringing your own cast skillet. And be like, hey, um, yeah, let me, do the, uh, let me do the porterhouse for two. But can you hand the chef this skillet? I prefer it to be cooked in my own. And then maybe just put the, the skillet in like a to-go bag when the steak is done or something. Do you have a dolly that I could put this heavy-ass skillet on? I mean, it's crazy. But these pastry guys at Starbucks, they're getting away with murder. So I just sit my coffee. I just watched Chuck just get thrown through the ringer. He was so fucking pissed at Patrick the pastry guy. I don't blame him. It's night and day. There's no union in Starbucks. Let me tell you, you put a union in Starbucks... There's no way that Patrick's getting away with this shit. Something just boggles my mind, Grace. You know, Grace, I, I'm just, I'm not big on strip clubs. I, I just don't get it. In all honesty, I, I, I don't get the, the hype around strip clubs. You know, on a more raunchier note, I, it's just, it's not for me. I mean, I'll go. But, you know, it's just it's like it's, it's just one big tease, you know? You just go in there, spend a shit ton of money just to get teased. Instead of saying, let's go to the strip club, it's like, oh, yeah, let's go get blue balls. Come out of the strip club, the four of us guys with a boner sticking out of our jeans walking down La Cienega Boulevard there. 
You know, what is the big commotion about strip clubs? I mean it. It's one big tease. You go in, you just spend a fortune just to get teased. You know, it's like going to the grocery store, gathering up all your groceries, heading to the cashier, paying for the groceries, but you don't get to take the groceries home. <laughs> you know, it sounds crazy, but am I, am I wrong, Grace? Think about that. You pay for the groceries, you just don't get to take the groceries home and eat them. You know, it's like a server coming over to you at dinner. You order a bottle of wine. He does the little taste pour where he gives you a little drip, you taste it, and then he's supposed to pour the rest of the bottle. But you just taste it, and that's it. He takes the bottle and just walks away. You don't get to drink it. You get to taste it, but you don't get to, you don't get to drink it. That seriously, that I think that's the best analogy for strip clubs. So me and my buddies are out the other night. Of course, Joey Coldcut says, all right, let's go to the strip club. I said, why? He goes, well, they just renovated the place. They just renovated the place. What, what, what? They, they added an addition onto the strip club? Is there, they added a couple more stripper poles? What do you mean? They, they renovated the place. I mean, Joe, that sounds ridiculous. What, they, they, they changed the, the color of the door from blue to red, so now we got to head on over to Slappers and spend $40 for a lap dance? You know, it's 12.30 in the morning. The girl that's going to be jumping all up and down on me, is, I'm probably like her 16th guy she's been jumping up and down on in the night. But anyway, we went because they got these, um, and this is what sold me, they had a chicken strip deal going on. Yeah, some of these strip clubs have kitchens, and some of the food's not that bad. They were doing spicy chicken strips, which I thought was pretty neat. Isn't that nice? Spicy chicken strips. You get eight chicken strips for $2. I mean, I'm no mathematician, but I think that's about 25 cents a strip. Even Wendy's isn't, you know, giving out that type of bargain. I said, fuck it, why not? Let's go. We go, check out this renovation. We walk in. Place is a fucking, excuse my language, Grace, but a fucking dump. It was a disaster. So we walk in. There's only like eight people there. The, the, the stripper to dude ratio was not a good one. I'll leave it at that. But all I wanted to know was where can I order these chicken strips? I was starved. So right when we walk in, one of the, the, the you know kind young ladies come over and sit on my lap. She said, what can I do for you tonight, sweetie? I said, well, I'm going to start with an order of these, uh, these chicken strips. She looks at me and she goes, what chicken strips? I said, oh boy, this is not a good sign. I said, well, you guys are doing a deal, believe it or not. Uh, I saw it on Groupon where you $2, eight chicken strips, a little side of ranch. I'll be good to go, ma'am. She looks at me, she goes, oh, shit, I didn't even know we had a kitchen. So, oh, wow, I, I am really in, in for a treat with these chicken strips tonight. This is great. So she called somebody over, and she's kind of like the usher of the strip club. She gave us the menu. It's like a full fucking menu, you get this? Joey Coldcuts ordered, you ready for this? The fish of the day. <laughs> The strip, he ordered the strip club fish of the day. Is that not nauseating? 
does that not just make you throw up in your mouth as you listen to the Brilliantly Dumb show here today? I said, Joe, you got the fucking fish of the day? Are you fu- what? You going to have a piece of bronzino here at the strip club? Just going to take down a whole fucking fish here? What, did they give you a little tray next to the stripper pole to hold the bronzino there? The fish of the day? You want the fish of the day? Go check out Betty Big Bangs flopping all around the stage right now. The fish of the day. Anyway, they brought these chicken strips out. They were terrible. They were so bad. I asked for a side of ranch. Now, one of the strippers ended up turning into my server. So she was kind of checking, seeing how the stripper, the, 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 the chicken strips were coming back and forth, seeing how I was doing. She forgot the ranch. So I asked her, I said, ma'am, uh, can I just trouble you for uh, the side of ranch? She goes, sure. I'm just about to get called to the stage, though. Can it wait? So, well, geez, how long are you going to be on the stage for? So I got to, she's up dancing. I got to wait for her to finish her dance, her pole dance. We're now calling Cassidy to the stage. Cassidy to the stage, please. I almost wanted to say, can you, can you hold on? Cassidy's got to get my side of ranch. Waited 10 minutes for this thing. Meanwhile, Joey Coldcuts is chomping down on the fish of the day. My God. But yeah, it's just, you know, with that being said, Grace, strip clubs, they're just not for me. You know, you go to the ATM. If you want to take out $50 out of the ATM, you got to pay $50. You double down. I always feel like the owner of the strip clubs is looking in the cameras like, all right, we got another sucker here, Dave. Look at this. <laughs> Guy's doing a $60 ATM fee right now. It's just it's just one big ripoff, one big tease. And Grace, that is my stance on strip clubs. Moving on. Hold on, folks. Do not go anywhere just yet. I know I'm not going anywhere. Grace Ibrahim definitely isn't going anywhere either. We just have to interrupt this show to let you know that the Brilliantly Dumb Show is brought to you by... Postmates. Postmates does anything and everything, but Postmates doesn't just deliver your standard burgers and sushi. They make my life easier. You could send these guys to grocery stores. I've seen a couple at the Staples Center. If you like the Staples Center Cracker Jacks, send your Postmates delivery guy to Section 116 for some Cracker Jacks. They do everything, and now for a limited time... Postmates has given you listeners $100 of free delivery credit for your first seven days if you type in promo code BROBIBLE. One word, B-R-O-B-I-B-L-E. That's code BROBIBLE for $100 of free delivery credit. No minimum purchase. Anything you need, anytime you need it. Postmate it. Moving on. Tell you, Grace, I, I used to be so high on Trader Joe's. I'm at the point now, I don't know if I love him or if I hate him. I really don't. I've done a bit before where you, where you walk in there and these guys, I, I don't know what they get paid an hour, but the Trader Joe's employees, they are just fired the fuck up. I, I would love to compare the Chick-fil-A training process to the Trader Joe's training process because these guys are top of the line. I asked for help. I just wanted to find the bananas. I found the bananas, but but they 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 walk with you the rest of your experience. They kind of chaperone your your shopping experience. 
I had this fucking guy, Alan. He was fantastic. They kind of like upsell you on the groceries too. I bought five different types of avocado chips. You would only think there's like two avocado chips out there in the U.S. This guy sold me on five. I was buying bottles of wine that I couldn't even pronounce. They, they match up your wine. This guy paired a curry dish, an Indian frozen curry dish, to a bottle of wine. And I did it. I fell for it, hook, line, and sinker. No doubt about it. I mean, the, 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 the customer service is just second to none. They give you free coffee in there. I was doing rainbow sherbet samples. I smell like a fucking waffle cone by the time I got to aisle nine. But the problem with Trader Joe's is I didn't know that it's, it's their own brand. So, you know, it took me 20 minutes to find cream cheese. They're so stubborn that they won't do anything but their brand. Like, you can't even put just a Lay's potato chips, just throw it in there. We get your Trader Joe's. I said, Alan, where are the Cheerios? He goes, Cheerios? He goes, you, you mean Trader Jorios? I said, I'm sorry, Alan, what? He goes, yeah, Trader Jorios. I said, no, 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 Cheerios. You know the, the, the brand that's been around since 1938, Cheerios? No such thing, boss, says Alan. Let me show you over to our Trader Jurios. They're, they're, they're like Trader O's. They call them Trader Jurios. It's the same fucking thing. I mean, how obnoxious is that? I said, Alan, if you weren't here right now, I'd be looking for those Jurios for a good 50 minutes. He goes, that may be correct, sir, but I am here. I said, Alan, now you're starting to fucking piss me off, okay? I got three shopping carts in my hand because you upsold me on avocado chips. Let's call a spade a spade, okay? I walked in there at 1 p.m. I came out, the sun was down. I was talking shopping, shooting the shit over groceries with Alan all day. Him and his Hawaiian shirt. You know, they kind of, I, I, I walked out, I came back, I was exhausted. Friends, like, you want to do something? It's like, no, 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 I really can't right now. I just went to Trader Joe's. I am fucking exhausted. He goes, yeah, you must have saw Alan. You betcha. You betcha. But I do have avocado chips if you want to come over. Five different brands. Goes real nice with a cab and a curry dish that I got here. A little shimmy, shimmy curry. It's got a little kick to it. Trader Joe's. I, I, I don't know. I don't know if I love him or I hate him. Undecided. Anywho, like I've been at my gym, they have some sort of rule where the manager's the only one allowed to change the channels at my gym. So if the manager's not there, you're watching whatever the hell is on. And the manager of the gym, he just decided to take a one-month trip to Bermuda. So I went to the front desk to ask if they could change the channel to the golf. Golf was on. They couldn't do it because only the manager could do it. It's like he took the remote with him to Bermuda. I said, all right, well, when the fuck does he get back? He said, well, he's gone a month. Hey, a month? So I just got to watch the view for a, for a month straight while I'm on the treadmill every 30 minutes? I drive myself nuts. I know everything there is to know about Whoopi Goldberg right now. I happen to know Whoopi Goldberg right now better than my own mother. I could tell you what Whoopi likes for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. 
her political views? Is she pro, anti-marijuana? I, I mean, I could tell you everything. And that's not a good thing. I don't enjoy starting my day by running like a hamster on a treadmill watching the view. Sometimes they're okay, but sometimes they just throw in their B group where it's like Whoopi just decided to take a day off and all the other girls. So they just throw in a random bunch of chicks. I saw the girl from the Spice Girls on there the other day. It's like, what the hell? When was the last time the Spice Girls had a hit single? That's been a minute. What a bad way to start my day. And some of them are good. Some of them are somewhat entertaining. Like ESPN First Take does that too, where like Stephen A. Smith and Max Kellerman, they just don't show up. So you see the new guy like Ryan Hollins and they just throw on like Sam Cassell, like some backup point guard that played for 10 years. It's like, where, where the hell, where did you come from? You know, like, like where, where, where did you come in? It's like The Office having a series and just deciding to not put on Steve Carell and all them. You just throw in like Dak Shepard and just it's like, what? Like, I'm, I'm, I'm tuned in. You can't just throw this on me or at least announce that they're going to vacation. But anyway, to, to the manager of LA Fitness, wherever you are in Bermuda, I really hope you and the, the TV remote are enjoying yourselves because we can't switch the channel here at LA Fitness. So when you get back, I'll fill you in on what you missed on The View. There's all these different characters at the gym, but the alpha males at the gym are the ones who have like a full sweatshirt on. They don't even need like the tight t-shirt. Because you, you could already see what they're packing with the sweatshirt on. You know it's there. They got the Beats headphones on, the big massive Beats. And they always, it's never just connecting through the ear. They always have the hoodie to the sweatshirt up. And then they put the Beats over the sweatshirt. Possibly just to prevent any sweat from dripping in the air. But those are always the hardcore guys. Like they have a reason for being in the gym. You know, when I go to the gym, I don't say anything to anybody. I go to the gym to get out of the gym. I want to get in. I want to get out. And it just made me think of all the different characters you have at the gym. I'm looking at this guy and said, what more do you want to improve on? You're massive. It's like going to take the SATs. You get a perfect score, but you still sign up two months later to take them again. Where else do you go from there? You're already getting into Harvard. I, I mean, why do you want to take this thing again? It's a perfect score. So the different characters that I wrote down at the gym, you have your alpha guy, sweatshirt, sweatpants, big beats headphone, massive, no upside. They already hit their ceiling. And you wonder what they do from a, 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 a job it's like 11 a.m. and then they're, they're there till like 3 p.m. Like what time are you starting your job, sir? Okay. And then you got the mayors of the gym. The people who just go to socialize. I never understand it. They're, they're, they're taking a bunch of different classes. Every time you turn and you see them, they're in a conversation with somebody. They're just fist pounding their way through the gym. High-fiving, dapping. They'll pump out like one butterfly set with the dumbbells onto the next conversation. By the time they're out of there, they maybe did about five sets of something. They're always in the sauna. They're the only guys speaking in the sauna. And then, of course, everybody hears your conversation. I go in the gym. 
I don't say a word unless I have to. I just want to get in. I want to get out. But then you got the going through the motion guy. You know the guy that just kind of had the gym on the checklist, so he kind of just had to check it off? They're usually on, like, the bicycles, just half-ass in the motion. While they're on, like, their cell phones, they're FaceTiming. Like, they're getting a treadmill session in, but they're FaceTiming on the treadmill. You know, it's like, seriously, like, they just, that's all they wanted to do. They wanted to come to the gym. They had it on their to-do list. They're getting it out now. You usually find those guys lingering around the sauna. Because the great thing about the sauna is you go in, you don't have to feel like you did any work. And then you could come out and you feel like you just did a full hour workout. That's where you're going to find those guys. Maybe those guys usually tend to even work at a gym like once a week. They're in their street clothes. They'll go ahead and just scan you in if it's too busy. Just take your card, scan it, have a great workout, sir. It's like, do you even do you even work here? They have some sort of relationship with the gym. They know everybody. But then you got the guys, and I've always respect this guy. The gym is like the airport. I go to the gym every time, and I know I'm going to get some type of content from it. Know I'm going to get an idea from the pod. It's just a good people watching place. Then you have the guys, just the hear a ball guys, that are going strictly. They're ignoring every single workout machine, all that good stuff. They're showing up in the 2005 Michael Jordan Wizards jersey. Reebok gym shorts. LeBron sneakers, maybe a headband around them. They're going straight for the basketball courts. There's like 12 different LA fitness basketballs rolling around the court. This guy's got his own ball that he just starts getting loose with. Just just straight to the court. And I don't know how these guys do it. They'll play like six games. Yeah, you may make fun of the guy, you know, wearing the replica Michael Jordan jersey. But at the same time, which you're not taking into account, this guy's been on the court from 7 a.m. It's 2 p.m. right now. This guy's just getting after it on the hardwood. Diving after loose balls, setting picks. Could give two fucks about the ab machine. He's here to shoot the rock. Love those guys. Always got a kick out of them. Maybe they'll fuck around with an ab machine one or two sets, but they're here to ball, baby. They're here to ball. Defensively, whether you have the ball or not, they're going to be in your face, just up in your grill, making sure you regret the time you went to LA Fitness to put up a couple jumpers for 45 minutes. I got. I always got a kick out of these guys. I respect the hell out of them because they just got heart. They're showing up in the AI jerseys. I mean, the Latrell Sprewell jerseys. Boxing people out. Just ballers. LA Fitness heroes. Can't live with them. Can't live without them. You just have so many characters inside the gym. Grace, what, what airline do you fly? I did, I did American Airlines. Coming back from Miami to, to Los Angeles. I'm so, by the way, so happy to be back. I love Miami, but, but being gone made me realize how much I just love LA. You know, like two days into Miami, I just felt out of the loop. Like when I got back Sunday morning, me and Coldcut said we, we were going to go to Factors Deli, get another omelet. We expected to be there 7.30 a.m. We were going to meet at Factors Deli before the football game started. 
I was up at 5.30. You ever, you ever pre-game to go eat an omelet? 5.30 in the morning, I called Cuts. He goes, hello? I was like, Cuts, are we going to Factors? He goes, Robbie, it's fucking 5.30 in the morning. I said, I know, just just making sure. I'm I'm getting ready now. I was outside the Factor Deli's door at 6.30 in the morning. I beat the bus boys to Factors. That's how ready I was just to get back and in the groove, slamming down my omelets. But I did American Airlines, and the thing that sucked, my flight was booked right for the Yankee game, which was the game six now. Big game, big game six, and the flight left at eight o'clock, which is exactly when the game started. And Grace, it's funny you had the technology bit on me because I never understood how you get the in-flight Wi-Fi. Like, all these people that I follow on Instagram, they're always just on the plane doing an Instagram live. Even even captains nowadays are taking pictures flying over Oklahoma. Hey, honey, works great. This is uh, currently flying over Oklahoma right now. It's like, where the fuck are you guys getting Wi-Fi from? So I came prepared. I had the, the American Airlines app downloaded before, prior to, to boarding the flight. Credit card on hand just in case if there was any extra fee, whatever it is, I needed to get the Yankee updates. Because I knew American Airlines, they don't have TVs like a JetBlue does. They have like their own iPads and it's got their own movies and different shows and shit. You can also learn about like the background and the history of American Airlines, how it all got started. It's a good 15-minute little segment, actually. I watched it. I don't know why. But but. There's no structure to what they have on these iPads. Like, for example, they had Game of Thrones on there. The problem with it, they give you like three different episodes to Game of Thrones. And it's not season one, episode one, two, three. You could watch like season one, episode eight. Then they had season three, episode four. And then season six, episode ten. You know, there's no structure to it. So I'm not just going to skip around. I mean, if you had the whole Game of Thrones series, shit, tell the captain, just keep flying across the fucking continent. Just do a couple circles. I'll watch the whole thing. I haven't seen Game of Thrones yet. There's no structure. But I got on the flight, and I, I, I had everything prepared to where all I had to do was just ask the flight attendant how to get the Wi-Fi, and I'd be good to go. Sure enough, she comes by doing her drink rounds, we're about 30 minutes into the flight, so I, I know first pitch has already gone on. I want to get my update. I said, excuse me, ma'am, um, would you help me get to uh, the, the in-flight Wi-Fi? She said, yeah, sure. Just go to www.americanairlines.inflightwifi. I said, holy shit, that's a mouthful. Do you have like a pad and paper you could write that down? She said, sir, www.americanairlines-inflightwifi. Go ahead and plug that in your browser. So I go to plug it in my browser. Problem is, I can't plug it in my browser because I don't have Wi-Fi. So I said, man, we're, we're not on the same page here. I, uh, we're thousands of feet above Kansas right now. I, I, can't, I can't load into the browser. She looks at me and she goes, yeah, you know what? Actually, you got a good point. I never thought of that. Huh. And then just carries on about the cabin. Oh, is there apple juice? Sure, we could do apple juice. Stirring coffees. So you may not have thought of that. Neither did American Airlines. I got no idea how to, how to get onto this in-flight Wi-Fi. So now I got to fly five and a half hours in my head, not knowing what is going on in game six of the ALCS and the Yankees. 
No idea. And I always happen to be sitting in the TV, the one TV in the cabin that's not working. I had no volume and the screen was like green. So the dragons in Game of Thrones, they were like, they were, they were all green. And I was like seeing shit. It was the only one. So I go up, I go to take a piss. I go up, I, I, I head on in there to take a piss. This thing, the, the bathroom's been occupied for 30 minutes. And I'm just pinballing. We're, we just so happen to be hitting turbulence at that time. You know, they do the, the buckle your seatbelt sign. And I'm just pinballing back and forth, shoulder to shoulder of the aircraft there. 30 minutes later, somebody finally comes out of this bathroom. It's the fucking captain. It's Captain Callahan. Mind you, Captain Callahan in the beginning of the flight, this guy was talking for 30 minutes straight like he was doing a podcast. And the sign comes up, you know, uh, announcement in progress, so you can't see what you're watching. Captain Callahan was doing a whole bit for his podcast. I've never heard a captain talk so much, or in this case, shit so much. I said, oh, shit, Captain, (laughs) how are you? I said, look, Cap, uh, if you could do me a favor, uh, my TV... On the, on the plane here isn't working and I can't connect to the Wi-Fi. Would you be able to assist me? He goes, sir, um, if you don't mind, I'm sorry. I, I got a plane to fly. I said, oh, shit. You could have fooled me, Cap. He was taking a shit in the bathroom for 30 minutes. Who, who's flying this son of a gun here? What, are we on a fucking hot air balloon? Who's in the cockpit right now, Captain Callahan? I'm looking right at you. I mean, you've ne- I've never seen the captain in the cabin. It's unheard of. I always felt like they they had their own little mini bathroom in the cockpit. I've never seen this before. He heads right on back to the cockpit. I wonder we're hitting turbulence. Callahan's dropping a deuce right now. I said, Callahan, you know, if you could give me some type of updates on the on the Yankee game, it would be much appreciated. Maybe if you just, you know, put it over the loudspeaker or something, anything you could do. He said, I'll see what I could do. Kept going. I go back into my seat. Finally, we land. And immediately I turn on the Wi-Fi. And you know when you're on a long flight, as soon as you get down, you, you, you turn the Wi-Fi on and the messages started piling in. So before I could even check the score, go to the ESPN app, a message pops up on my phone. It's from a Red Sox fan that I go at it without throughout the season, one of my friends. First message on my phone, didn't even get to the ESPN app. Suck it, Rob. And he sent it like five times because I didn't have Wi-Fi. So it just kept coming up. Suck it, Rob. 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 It's like, yep, Yankees definitely lost. Go to the app. Sure enough, 6-4. Jose Altuve hit a home run in the ninth. Yankees lost. Astros advanced to the World Series against the Nationals. We land. We're getting all ready to go. And you know how the the flight attendants kind of line up and they see you off on your way? Thank you for flying American Airlines. Thank you for flying American Airlines. I'm walking by to go see them. And I'm pissed at Captain Callahan. I'm fucking fuming. And I see that flight attendant first. And she goes, uh, Mr. Burger, I just want to let you know, I, um, I, I, I thought about the issues that you experienced with your TV. And um, we're going to go ahead and grant you a uh, free item from the snack bar on your, on your next flight. I said, oh, thanks a lot, Wendy. That's really nice of you. Yeah, maybe I'll just book a flight tomorrow so I can get my free hummus platter. That's fantastic. It's not like I'm choosing out of the uh, Adele Frisco's menu that you guys are running up here. I got the option between the hummus platter and the Chipotle chicken wrap. 
Yeah, glad you took five and a half hours to really ponder what was the best way to go about this. Good problem resolving, Wendy. I keep moving on, all of a sudden I see Captain Callahan. He goes, oh, hey, by the way, sir, uh, sorry I couldn't give you your update, but I just want to let you know, Jose Altuve just hit a home run in the ninth. Yankees are eliminated. Yeah, thanks a lot, Cap. Appreciate it. A little late on that, you jackass. Thanks for the safe landing, you prick. Tell your autopilot he did a great job on the 30 minutes you were taking a deuce. See you later, American Airlines. I think I'll stick with spirit. Golly. And that's how I found out the Yankees were eliminated. There's no worse way to go out than that. There's just no worse way. Captain Callahan and Wendy just dropping the hammer on me. Anywho, moving on. Chris, I was at the Beverly Center the other day, and, and this place was just a mobbed. Yeah, it's a big mall, but the place was just an absolute zoo. I just had to go into Target. That's the worst. When you're going to a place where they're, you, you know, a simple Target, whatever it may be, and there's a parking garage, it just makes the whole thing so much more complicated. It makes it seem so much more worse. You know? It, like, imagine going to a 7-Eleven, and rather than just going right into the parking lot... You just zoop right on in, you're in, you're out. You got a whole parking garage where you got to click for a ticket. You got to get the stamp validated. It just makes it so much more worse than it needs to be. The whole theory of just the parking garage. You know when you first come in, you you know there's going to be no spots because it's just too good to be true. Sometimes if I even see a spot on the first floor, I don't even go in it because, again, I just think it's too good to be true. I think it's a trap, you know, maybe it's like a 20-minute lot or something. I just I just zoom up right up to the fourth or fifth floor. I don't care where I am. Just get me parked. But the thing is, I couldn't find parking. It was, it, with the holidays, it was just a disaster. So I, I really thought about when you're in one of these parking lots or parking garages, eventually you just give up and you got to go with the follow technique. Where when you don't find any spot anywhere, there's just nothing there. Where you find the first sight of life walking through the parking garage and just hope to God that they're going to their car. So you kind of just tail behind them, but you tail behind them and you you kind of really survey them and get get a feel for if they're done with their shopping or not. First thing is facial expression. Do they have shopping bags in their hand? Are they going to the car? And then you take that spot. But you want to trail a certain distance enough to where it's not too creepy. And then the worst is when they turn around and they see that you're following them. I don't even like to roll my window down and ask if they're going to be leaving so I could take their parking spot. I just keep it up and just hope for the best. And that that's at the worst, you know, that's last resort, can't find the spot anywhere, you gotta use that trail technique. But the people that I really don't understand, Grace, are the ones that back up into their parking spot. I'll never under understand the logistics of that. I seriously, I would love to get mathematics on. I, I've had this argument with numerous people. I just don't trust people that back into their parking spot. They say, well, it makes it easier on the way out. That's always their argument. But how hard is it just to back up and then take a quick turn? 
If I'm parking and I got to back up into my spot, I got to go a little bit past the spot. I got to turn the neck a little bit, spin that vertebrae, and back into my spot. It's a lot more manual labor to back into a spot rather than just plow right on in. And then on the out, it's a quick backup and you're out of there. It's one of the all-time classic arguments, but I have such a firm stance on this. It's like Taylor Ham or Pork Roll. It's Taylor Ham and the story. Is it easier to back into a a parking spot or just go face forward? Face forward all day long. Yeah, your out may be a little bit quicker. It's not going to be by much. And my in is going to be a lot faster than your in. You're going a little past the spot. You're K-turning that thing, spinning the wheel. Got to check the line up the lines once or twice rather than just front on in. I just hate parking garages, but I want to get the people's stance. I hope they DM me about this. I want to know, is it easier to back into a parking spot quicker out or face forward on the way in Little bit slower of an out. I'll take the pulling in face forward any day of the week. And sometimes when I'm being trailed on this whole trailing technique, what I like to do is throw them off their game a little bit. Get them to bite on the play action fake. I'll take my bags and then just drop them in the car just to lighten the load for my shopping and then right back to it. So I'll have a guy trailing me from the second floor all the way up to the fourth just to hit him with the play-action fake. Put the bags in the car. I'm right back at it. He's got to take another loop around. Get the linebackers to bite in a little bit. Another football reference for you. I'm a football guy. Just something to think about. Something I want to throw out there on episode 29. I have a firm stance on this parking thing. Face forward in and worry about the out when you get to the out. Right? Fuck it. All right, folks, that does it there. Let me know how he did. Give me some feedback. Is there a bit that you thought should have been in there? Is there one that missed the cut? Do you like the way that my dad kind of put this all together? Give us the feedback. We want to hear it now. Coming up next week, I'll keep you updated on the Instagram. We had an awesome interview with Darren Williams, former superstar in the NBA, Utah Jazz, two-time gold medal Olympian. Uh, It was awesome. Me growing up in Jersey, he played for the Nets. Really, really good interview. Really excited about that. That'll be on YouTube Tuesday. And then we sit down with John Taffer from Bar Rescue tomorrow. I'm chomping at the bit to get to that interview. He is the man. I'm a huge John Taffer guy, so I'll keep you updated when that will be released, but we sit in with him tomorrow. That'll go up on YouTube, Spotify, all that good stuff. In the meantime, we keep this train chugging along on to next Tuesday. We will see you then, folks. Stay safe. Stay quarantined. Thank you to all the nurses and doctors out there. See you Tuesday. (laughs) 